Welcome to The Kate Show, a weekly marketing podcast for interior designers and home stagers. Hosted by author, entrepreneur, and marketing consultant, Kate the Socialite. Each week, you'll learn helpful tips on how to make social media easier, how to grow your mailing list, and how to simplify every area of marketing and advertising your business. With her blunt, no-fluff approach, Kate stands up for business owners who want real results in their marketing, but have limited time or resources. And now, please welcome your host, Kate the Socialite. and welcome to today's episode. So today I thought I would take a little break from talking about hardcore marketing stuff and just relax and grab a cup of coffee and tell you a little bit about who I am as a person and about my entrepreneurial journey. Now, I really have been struggling with sitting down and talking to you for 20 to 30 minutes all about me, but then I realized that when I break down year by year what I have learned in my business, because as of February 2018, I've been in business for four years, and if I break down what I learned in each year, I know that it's going to be very applicable to a lot of you, and I really would like to share this with you because I've been getting contacted by other business owners who are where I was four years ago, and they've been asking me like, what did you do? What resources did you use? Did you use a business coach? And spoiler alert, yeah, I totally did. And she's amazing. And I'll tell you more about her. But I want to share my journey with you because I know that it's going to help a lot of you, especially if you feel like an imposter, like you don't you don't really feel like you deserve to be paid for the work that you love to do if you struggle with putting a price on your talents and if you just really struggle with figuring out who you want to serve and how you want to best serve them so without further ado let's dive in all right so i started my business in 2014 four years ago and you know that seems like such a short time but also such a long time i mean it has been a journey It has been difficult, it's been emotional, it's been rewarding and exhausting and stressful and amazing. Now, when I started my business, I started it the same year that I got married and the same year that I was diagnosed with complex PTSD. Now, this episode is not gonna be about mental health, so I'm just gonna touch on it in the beginning. When I was diagnosed, I realized that it was going to drastically affect how I grew my business because when you've got a mental illness or a mental injury, which basically that's what complex PTSD is, it affects your productivity and your thought process. It affects your ability to make decisions. So just a huge shout out to my husband because he has been my rock through all of that, through the long phases of healing, through all the wonderful, awful things that come with complex PTSD, like um, panic attacks and depression. He has been with me through all of that. So just a huge shout out to my husband, Matt. You're awesome and I love you. And just so you know, guys, that was four years ago. And it is amazing how far I have come. I am no longer someone who is labeled by PTSD. I don't have it anymore. I actually I'm doing really, really well. So I don't want you to think that this is about me or mental health or anything like that. But I do want you to know that if you have any sort of illnesses or injuries, 
you need to make sure that you have the right support system because building a business as a completely healthy person is hard enough. But when you have other layers on top of it, you need to make sure that you are being extra careful to take care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, because when you build a business, it's going to require 110% of every part of you. And that's just the way it is. There is no way around it. Building a successful business means you throwing yourself all in. And that's exactly what I was able to do thanks to the support team that I had. Now, even if I had never had a diagnosis of PTSD, I would still have had these same feelings I'm about to describe to you. And I know this because I have heard it from countless other business owners across every industry. We feel underqualified especially in the first year of business, especially if we don't have any prior experience. Now, I had a degree in English when I started my business. I was a published author, but I had no marketing experience. And honestly, my entry into the world of marketing was so random and so unplanned that I never thought it would become a career for me. I never thought I would build a very successful business and be reaching people all across the world with this message. So that is because of a a blessing. It's because I'm blessed. All right. I just want to put that out there right now because we can work our buns off all day long and wonderful things can happen to us, but it's not always because we earned them. Sometimes they're just given to us. And that's exactly what happened to me. So let me tell you how I accidentally ended up in the world of marketing. So it all started in early 2013. I was just wrapping up my degree in English at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, and I was working at Menards. Um, Menards is a home improvement store. It's like Lowe's or Home Depot. And definitely it was not going to be a career path for me, but when you're a college student, you take what you can get and you just work your tail off. So that's what I was doing. I'd go to class, and, and then I would go to Menards, and I'd work a 10 hour shift. I once pulled a 14 hour shift and I pretty much lost my mind after that. (laughs) But I was working hard. I was in the grocery department at Menards and just so focused on the boxes that I was unpacking and putting on the shelves that I was almost startled when this guy walked up to me and he was like, hey, and I was like, oh, hey, okay, I know you. You're friends with my parents. And he's like, yeah, Um, he's like, I was actually just thinking about you because I know this entrepreneur from Boston and he is starting up a few ventures here in Wisconsin. And for some reason, you just came to mind as the perfect person to like be his point person here to be like his executive assistant. And I was like, okay, like that's so random. Like I'm standing here holding a box of macaroni and cheese and you're basically offering me a job. Okay. He's like, just go here, be here at this day, this time, and bring your resume. And I'm like, okay. So I did my hair and my makeup, and I showed up, and I got the job. And the man I ended up working for, I won't mention his name here because he does like to remain private, but he's a serial entrepreneur. He's got his hand in about 80 different companies, including... um, limousine companies, private aviation, you name it, he has got it. So when I started working for him, he looked at me and was like, you tell me what you want to do. And I was like, what? I mean, I'm your employee. Shouldn't you tell me what to do? And he's like, 
No, I think people perform better when they're doing things they actually want to be doing as opposed to the daily grind of just knocking off a to-do list. And that made a lot of sense, but it was honestly the last thing I was expecting. Now here's the thing. This guy was rarely in the same office as me. He spent most of his time in Boston or LA. The only time he'd come to the Midwest is if he needed to meet with some landowners because he was always purchasing more land. So I was his point person there, and because I am very self-motivated and self-driven, I was able to handle it, and being alone a lot didn't bother me either, which is a skill that I'm so glad I developed because I'm definitely alone a lot now, which is both a good and a bad thing, but you know, hey, I'm working on it. So when I was his point person, I was able to do whatever I wanted to do, and I told him, well, I have a lot of experience writing, and I've got this English degree and this published book, so do you have anything I could write? And he's like, oh yeah, I need you to write blog posts then. And I was like, okay, well, I've never done that, but no time like the present. So I started doing research on the best way to write a blog post, on how blog posts affect SEO, and I just continued my own education just on my own. I continued it by doing hours and hours of writing and research and sending him things for approval and getting it published on his website. And it was a really tedious experience, but it was a very educational one as well. After about a year of working for him, he offered me a really big promotion that would involve me moving to Boston, Massachusetts, and I turned it down because I had just gotten engaged and I knew that I wanted to start my own company. I mean, he gave me so much freedom in that job that I knew I actually couldn't keep working for him because once you give someone a taste of entrepreneurial freedom, there is no going back. So I knew that I absolutely had to start my own company. And by the way, I had to absolutely marry my fiance. So there was no way I was moving to the East Coast. Although I did go out and visit and it is gorgeous out there. So after we got married and moved into our new place, I started trying to grow my business, but I was really struggling with it. I felt so underqualified because my marketing experience was limited to writing blog posts and doing a little bit of social media for the entrepreneur I worked with for that year. And I just felt like I was a fraud. Like how dare people pay me for this? It seemed like I didn't even know what I was doing. So to counteract that, I continued with my research. I continued with learning how to market my own company. And I quickly started to learn what worked and what didn't. But I quickly found that marketing my business was only half the battle. I had this other issue to deal with, the issue of pricing, the issue of actually sending out an estimate or an invoice. And I don't know why it makes us so nervous when we say, hey, you owe me money. But it does. And I've spoken to so many business owners who have had this same experience where they feel embarrassed or ashamed of their pricing. They feel like they should basically just be a nonprofit. And one of my friends who is trying to get her business started was talking to me about this recently on Skype. And she said she just feels really bad about it. Like maybe she should just lower her prices. And I asked her why. And she gave the exact same answer that I gave four years ago. She said, I just don't think I'm worth it. Now remember, thoughts like this don't come because someone has PTSD or depression or anything like that. This is just a normal thing that 
new business owners go through. And my heart immediately went out to her and I was like, oh my gosh, I know I've been there, but you have to stick to your guns. So guys, I'm telling all of you, stick to your guns. When you set your prices, don't be ashamed of them and don't apologize for them and don't second guess them because if you do, your potential client will know and if they're not entirely honorable, they will also take advantage of that situation by asking for further discounts. Now, another issue I dealt with in the first year of business is that I was basically taking any client I could get. I was trying to be all things to all people and it just, it wasn't working, but honestly, I didn't figure out how to fix that until my second year of business. So I'm gonna save the rest of that for the second year. But what I will say is that I attracted a lot of bad clients and they didn't put any value in my service but honestly I undervalued my services so I was teaching them how to treat me I was attracting people who only wanted a discount who had no interest in understanding why email marketing or social media was, was so important and they really just wanted leads they wanted clients but they didn't understand how I was going to help them get there and they didn't understand the investment involved. But I'm not putting the blame for that on them. I'm putting it on me. You see, perceived value is huge. If you don't indicate how much you're worth on your website, your social media, or any other marketing materials, or even how you present yourself to clients in person, they're not going to know how valuable you really are. So you do teach people how to treat you and you teach them how to think about you. So if you show up dressed in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, obviously they're not going to take you seriously. If you show up with a shabby website and just poorly laid out service offerings, again, they're not going to take you seriously. Now, I'm not saying that I showed up in sweatpants to any client meetings. I totally went the way opposite and I was in heels and basically a little overdressed. But the way I presented my service packages could have been better. The way my website looked at first could have been better because I am a self-taught web designer. And now I design sites that are really beautiful and get a lot of SEO and a lot of attention and it's awesome. But I wasn't born that way. I had to learn it just like anyone does. And I had to learn the importance of the perceived value and how you could be the best at what you do in your industry but if you don't find a way to communicate that through your marketing nobody will ever know and they'll always have a hard time investing in you and your services so that was year one it was a long difficult year i'm not gonna lie and if i had to go back and do it all over again I wouldn't. I'm just going to be honest. I would not go back to year one. If I could somehow take the knowledge I have now and go back to year one, it would be a totally different story. But if I just had to go back to year one and do everything again, oh my goodness. That's why my heart goes out to anyone starting a business because you do not realize what you're getting into until you're already in the thick of it. And there are so many decisions that have to be made. And if you don't have a support system behind you, even if it's just emotional support, it doesn't even have to be financial support. It can be very lonely and very intimidating. So my advice to anyone in the first year of business, or if you're about to start a business and you're basically in year zero, get a support system. Find one or two people who believe in you and they know that you can succeed. 
And anytime that you start to get paranoid, stressed, or burnt out, you can go to those people, talk to them, and they can help you figure out or problem solve or even just be there to listen to your struggles. Because believe me, that means the world. All right, so moving on to year two. By my second year in business, I figured out who I did and didn't like working with. So I realized I didn't like working with people who, (laughs) let's just be honest here, they had kind of boring jobs, like financial advisors, banks, attorneys, you know, people like that. No offense to them. We need them, of course. And my financial advisor is awesome. And I'm glad that I got to meet him that way through my business. But it doesn't mean that I find joy And it doesn't mean that I best use my skill set in those industries. What I realized is the interior design, window coverings, and home staging industries were where it was at for me. That's what I got excited about, and I performed best on those types of accounts. So in order to serve people at my utmost, at my highest level, I had to stop accepting clients that were outside of the home industry. And at first it felt ludicrous. It felt awful. Like, what am I doing turning down business? I mean, I'm still trying to like scrape together enough to hopefully pay myself regularly. And I'm just like struggling here. But here is the crazy, bizarre and wonderful thing. When I decided to get clear on who I was going to serve and how, so in my case, people in the home industry, marketing as far as social media, websites and newsletters, I was able to get so specific that I was able to actually serve people at a higher level and actually serve more of them. Because the way you market a design firm is totally different than the way you would market uh, an attorney's office totally different. And because I became hyper-focused on the home industry, I was able to narrow down the exact person that I wanted to serve. So I realized that I loved working with other women. Now, I have nothing against men. I'm married to one and I think y'all are awesome. But I found that working with other women was just a great way for us to build a sense of community. Plus, we understand each other. Now, I know a lot of guys, including my husband, say women are so freaking complicated. And you know what? Sometimes we are. That's why we understand each other. And that's why I wanted to focus on helping women in the design industry. Because as a woman, as someone who appreciates beautiful things, I knew the importance and the priority put on making sure interior designers and home stagers have online presences that are beautiful but more than just beautiful they have to actually convert leads into paying clients they have to establish the brand they have to get their name in front of publishers they have to have a beautiful mobile friendly seo driven website all of these things are incredibly important but i wouldn't be able to do that if i served everyone somewhere somehow quality would go down So I stopped accepting clients outside the home industry. I did not fire the clients I already had outside the home industry, but I just let them kind of wean themselves out. And while that was happening, I launched the early version of my newsletter platform, Socialite Subscribe. Now, Matt, my husband, and I had been talking a little bit about 
is there a way how I can make something once and then use it for multiple clients? Because not only is that a huge time saver for me, but it's also a huge cost savings for my clients. And as a fairly new business owner, again, only my second year in business, I totally understood and appreciated the cost savings factor, but I did not want to compromise the quality. So he was like, what if you created a newsletter for one person that someone else could then take, tweak, edit, you know, change out photos or change the text a little and then send it. And I, at first I dismissed the idea because I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know how to like make that work. But then a few months later, one of my clients approached me with the same idea and I ended up taking action on it because I was like, okay, there are multiple people in my life that I respect or admire and they have great business sense and they're all telling me, hey, you should do this. So I looked into it. I figured out how to make it work. And of course, my husband was right and he loves hearing that. So he'll have to listen to this episode. But it was interesting because then the client who encouraged me to do this is now an affiliate for that program. So that's pretty cool. It's nice to see things come full circle. Creating and launching that membership program took up most of year two in business. And then in year three, so the past year, 2017, amazing, incredible things started happening. And I can't wait to tell you all about it. Do you struggle with social media or email marketing? Socialite can help with email newsletters and social media posts that you can customize and use in minutes. Marketing your design or home staging firm has never been easier, faster, or more affordable. Visit katethesocialite.com to access free and premium marketing help for your business today. All right, so in year three of my business, I came to the same realization that a lot of other business owners do about that time. There's just something about the three-year mark that makes us ready to take big leaps and make big changes. I realized that I needed to invest in myself because honestly, the success of my business does depend on me. And if I'm not investing in myself, I'm gonna run out of fuel really quickly. So the first thing I did in year three of running my business was I hired a business coach. So I worked with Michelle Williams of Scarlet Thread Consulting for about three months and we continue to have an ongoing relationship and it has just been amazing. Let me tell you, Michelle is so smart she is just brilliant because she focuses on the interior design industry at large. So if you are running an interior design business, if you've got a window treatment workroom, she used to be a window treatment workroom herself, so she totally understands you. But the thing is, she also has a background in software development. So she sees both the hands-on and the techs side of it. And I just think that is amazing. It's a great combination. And you've likely seen Michelle speak at different events before. I know she has presented at IWCE and the Vegas market, or excuse me, like the High Point market. And she is just everywhere. So I didn't realize all of this about her when I first started coaching with her, but then I started seeing her name and her face everywhere. And I was like, wow, I feel so honored to have done one-on-one coaching with her. Now, I will say that if you are thinking about hiring a business coach and you just feel like, oh my gosh, it's too much money, just know that you're going to make that money back. 
And people kept telling me that over the first few years I was in business, but I was like, yeah, right. How could what one person tells me to do really bring me back so much more money? Well, it just does because you see when a business coach takes a look at what you're doing and what you're not doing and compares that to where you want to be and then breaks down step by step what you need to do to reach that goal, it becomes really easy to be profitable. And by easy, I don't mean that you don't have to work for it, but I do mean that you don't feel overwhelmed or stressed or confused anymore, which is amazing because if you're a type A like me, especially a type A creative, you've got no problem with working hard, but what you can't stand is not knowing where you're going. So get a business coach. That's my advice to you. Just hire a coach. Now, if you're interested, you should head over to scarletthreadconsulting.com. Now, I am not being paid to promote Michelle. I just really think that she is awesome. And she has a course right now that's basically the same as working one-on-one with her, but it's at a lower price point. So if you want the benefit of working with a really awesome business coach who specializes in the interior design industry, but you don't have a huge budget, this course of hers is a perfect for you. So go to scarletthreadconsulting.com and you can check it out. Now, that's one way I invested in my business and in myself. The second thing I did was I had my first brand photo shoot. Now, I used to be really into taking selfies like when I was in high school and college and single and all that, but I just kind of feel awkward about it now. I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't actually look any different than I did in college. You know, it hasn't been that long anyway. So it's like, I don't know why I have this hang up about being photographed now. I just do. So it was actually really hard for me to go through with this brand photo shoot. It was several hours long. Um, I had a wonderful photographer, Stephen Kornacki. He is the older brother of my friend, Laura of Laura's Natural Life. And if you want, you can follow Laura on Instagram just to see like more of Steven's work because he does photograph her as well. So if you go to at Laura's Natural Life on Instagram, you can check it out. But I really enjoyed the brand photo shoot. However, in order to make myself feel confident enough to appear on camera for several hours, I had to do a few other things first. The first thing I did was book a salon appointment. Now I've got red hair. It's straight. It's kind of long. I don't really do a whole lot with it. Of course, I make sure it's always nice and clean and everything, but I'm just not into like spending hours and hours on my hair. I'm a little bit of a tomboy when it comes to that and when it comes to dressing nice too. I mean, like the other day, I seriously put on overalls because I thought, hmm, I better dress up, right? So, Oh my gosh, if you guys could only see what I wear on a regular basis, you would probably be like, what the heck are you doing, girl? So I had to figure out how I was going to portray myself to you for this photo shoot because I wanted to be more sophisticated, but I didn't want to be something that I'm not. Like I just told you, I wear overalls from time to time. I live in yoga pants and I work from home, so it doesn't even matter. But I still wanted to be authentic. However, I was not going to show up in overalls or yoga pants, though it did cross my mind. So what I did was found a balance between being sophisticated, like I know that I should be, and being professional, like I should be, while also being me. 
So when I went to the salon, I said, just give me a blowout. I just want my hair to have volume and be straight and pretty and then um, just do my makeup because I don't spend a lot of time on my makeup and I would just like for it to really look nice on camera. So they did all of that and all the whole time they're like, we're gonna teach you how to be a girl, don't you worry. And I just laughed about that for like days afterwards and told one of my friends and she was like, oh, seriously? Like they <laughs> have to teach you how to be a girl. But you know, I think there are a lot of predetermined beliefs that we have about women in business and that they need to look a certain way. and. And I'm glad I didn't fall into that trap because when I was on camera, yeah, I had good hair and good makeup, but I was wearing jeans. I was wearing jeans and a nice blazer and I felt darn good about myself because I knew that I was not trying to be something that I'm not. I'm not going to show up in a power suit. I don't even own one. I, that sounds like something a superhero would wear. And if I was going to be a superhero, I'd be Wonder Woman. Let's be real. So when you are doing anything investing in your brand visually make sure that you're also being authentic so whether you're photographing a project or photographing yourself it's okay to rise to the occasion and to dress or be looking a little bit nicer than you normally would but don't look like something that you're not if you try to look like something that you're not you'll just end up looking really uncomfortable in the photos and that's never a good thing Okay, so visual aspects aside, here are a few other things that I did in year three of my business that have made all the difference. So I kept my prices on my website, but I did it for a very intentional reason. I actually want to deter certain people from working with me if they know right away, okay, like that's not in my budget right now. But to be fair, my service offerings range from $25 a month to $400 a month. Some are $1,200 a month. It just depends where you're at in your business. And my goal is to meet you wherever you're at in your business. Now, I haven't always had the ability to do this, but because I narrowed my focus and got a little bit more confidence and put my prices out there for the world to see, including my competitors, I have found that it is easier for you guys to know what you can and can't afford, to understand who I am and whether or not you wanna work with me. And it also allows me to filter out leads so that I'm not going back and forth with people only to find out that they don't have the funds. Now the next thing I did in my business was I started a third income stream. So a lot of people will tell you that millionaires have about seven income streams or at least seven and I'm not necessarily trying to become a millionaire. That's never been a goal for me. But my goal is to have freedom and flexibility of time. I want to have a life that I can run and not one that runs me. I want a business that I can run, not one that runs me. And I have found that as my business is growing, the more that I create platforms that allow me to create something once and then offer it to people endlessly is not only better for me, but it's more affordable for you guys. And you guys are at the heart of everything that I do. Every offering I put up in my business, every service I create, every platform I create, and everything that I post on Instagram or Facebook, it is all directed at you because I care deeply about you and the success of your business as far as marketing is concerned. And it's because of this very mindset that at the end of 2017, I decided to start preparing to launch a podcast. And I had 
kind of tried it before with the Anchor FM app, and that was a really good way for me to get my feet wet and just kind of get an idea of how podcasting was supposed to work. And then with 2018, I was actually able to launch my podcast. And even within the first few episodes, it has led to a lot of publicity and exposure and partnerships with companies that never would have known about me otherwise. So if there is something in your business that you really want to do, and whether it's offering free content through a podcast or starting a YouTube channel or starting a Facebook live show, you should do it. There is a reason why you have this urge or this instinct within you telling you to do it. It's because it's what you're supposed to do. And learning to listen to your own gut instincts is something that will catapult the success of your business. That's what my business coach taught me. That's what I've experienced in my own entrepreneurial journey, short though it is. I know I've only been in business for four years, but it has been amazing to realize God gave me a lot of business sense, but I have to learn to listen to it. And I have to know what advice to listen to and what not. Sometimes I lead myself astray and sometimes I'm led astray by others. And that's why as a business owner, we have to be so careful about the influences that we allow into our minds and into our businesses. All right, so now let's talk about 2018. As I said, as of February 2018, I have been a business owner for four years and it has been an amazing journey. But even though I'm only recording this podcast in March of 2018, we're not even the full quarter in yet, I've already learned so many new things since 2017 and I'm really excited to share them with you. So the big thing that I've been learning is not so much tangible as it is impactful for 2018. I am learning to be more authentic and transparent. And by transparent, I don't mean that I'm going to like take a selfie every day and take a picture of every meal I eat and share it with you all because that doesn't matter. But I want to be purposefully transparent and really, truly authentic whenever I'm saying something. So instead of speaking in vague terms like, oh, I know I once used to be so discouraged in my business and now I'm not. No, instead, I do something like this podcast episode right here where I tell you the story. I invite you to come along with me as I relive this journey. And being authentic like that not only allows you to learn more about me, but it lets you decide whether or not you want to trust me. Now, navigating the path of transparency has been a messy one for me. There have been times where I definitely overshared and I ended up deleting some posts on Instagram. And I'm going to tell you about one of them just because I want you guys to know sometimes you have to go too far in order to understand where is far enough, where that line is. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I was diagnosed with complex PTSD and it was a result of a domestic abuse situation that I grew up in and thankfully it's no longer an issue in my life. And I'm very blessed and very fortunate to be able to say that now. But when I shared a little bit about it on Instagram a few months ago, I'm not sure what happened. I think I just worded it like it was still current and I was using it as a basis for some eating disorders that I had also dealt with back in the day. And a lot of people totally understood it and they were like, yeah, I've been there too and it's so cool to see you overcome it. But then I also had people emailing me saying that they were 
really upset and concerned for me because they thought I was going through this right then and there. And that's when I realized if I am going to share something about my experiences, whether they were positive or negative, I first need to find a way to translate it into an encouragement. So if I were to just tell you, oh yeah, I had complex PTSD from growing up in an abusive home. Well, that's not encouraging. That sounds awful. And then I'm just going to get a lot of pitiful emails from you guys because I know you guys have compassion and you have hearts and that's what I love about you. But the truth is that's not how the story goes. The truth is when we take a negative experience and turn it into something positive, it uplifts everyone, including me. So instead, what I would say, if I could go back and fix that Instagram post instead of just deleting it, I honestly had to take it down. It was just, it was too far. But if I could go back and do it again, here's what I would say. I would say, yeah, running a business is hard. And it's even harder when you're dealing with PTSD. But I am so thankful for the support team I have had around me, especially through the first year of my business. And I am incredibly thankful for the business coach that I worked with, for my husband. And if I can grow a business despite all these obstacles, I know that you can too. That presents everything that could have been negative in a very positive light. Now, you may not have something in your life that's like really, really, really awful like that, or maybe you do and you're just not comfortable sharing it, that's completely fine. Honestly, it took me a long time to even mention the words PTSD because I was so ashamed. But after I fully healed and I realized that there is no shame in it, just like why should someone be ashamed if they have cancer, you know, it's not their fault. I realized if I started to share that story in a positive way, it would actually bring so much strength and so much power to those around me that it would be wrong of me not to share it. So if you have something that's just burning within your soul that you feel like the world needs to hear, but you're a little bit scared about how to tell them without eliciting pity, then try to word it or frame it in such a way that it comes across as encouragement. If you come across while you're still in the moment, like let's say if you just went through bankruptcy, you don't want to share it right then and there. You need to share it after the story is done. If for some reason you feel like you need to share your negative experience while it's happening, then reach out to your support team. But my suggestion to you is do not go public with anything in your life, good or bad, until after it has already happened. That way you can translate it into a way that your followers will benefit from it. Now you might be wondering why it has been so important for me to start being more authentic and transparent with you guys online. Well, a few reasons. First of all, because I rarely meet any of you in person, I really want to get to know you and I want you to know me because I believe that relationships are the most beautiful thing in the world and they're the most powerful connection that two humans can ever have. Sure, our businesses might work together, but if you and I don't have a relationship, then we really don't have anything. So if you want to develop loyalty with your clients or your customers, you have to be willing to be a real person with them and you need to stop hiding behind your work. Now, what I mean by hiding behind your work is 
if for example I'm just posting like oh I just created this for a client or I just did this website for a client or in your case oh, I just did this room for a client it's like that's great and you should totally share those things but don't forget to share a little bit about yourself in a way that will encourage entertain educate or inspire your audience so yeah you should talk about you but talking about you should not be your end goal you should use yourself as a as a way as a venue as a platform to really lift up those who follow you okay so the next reason why I decided to be more authentic and transparent is because I was tired of thinking that I'm boring like seriously like I think man I am so boring and I I thought that for a long time and I couldn't figure out how so many people well, not so many, honestly, just a few, on social media always had something interesting to say. And it, it allowed me to know them better, but it didn't seem like they were bragging or gloating or throwing a pity party. They were just being genuine. And I really appreciated that. And they're the people that I follow. I listen to their podcasts. I always read all of their Instagram captions because they have very meaningful things to say. And when it comes to writing a check, I'm going to write the check out to them. So I wanted to make sure that I was becoming that same type of person in my own business. And then I realized what that actually meant. It meant becoming an influencer. Now I know a lot of people think that being an influencer on social media means that you have thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, but actually that's not true. Being an influencer means that you do hold a certain amount of influence over the people who follow you. And I did not ever picture myself as an influencer. I never set out to be one. I never wanted anything to do with it because if you listened to my last podcast episode, you know that all Instagram influencers are one algorithm change away from bankruptcy. So I didn't want to put all of the success in my business into like a social media following. So that's just not my strategy. That's not what I've ever done. But then a few things happened over recent weeks or the last two months that have made me realize that I do need to be very intentional with what I'm saying and with what I'm not saying on social media. And I'm sharing this with you guys because you are reaching this point as well. You don't need to filter yourself on social media, but you do need to be aware of how you're saying things and of how they might affect people who are reading them. For example, when the whole Ivy acquisition happened, you know, the house bought Ivy Mark, I started getting a lot of emails from people asking what they should do next. Now, to be clear, I am an Ivy approved vendor. I have no problem with Ivy, but I also have no problem with my Doma Studio. I have no problem with Studio Designer. I am impartial. But when people come to me asking, where else can I go? And then I tell them, and then they go do what I say, then I start to realize, okay, what I say actually matters. I need to really watch what I say. So that was a wake up call for me. And I'm very grateful to have the audience that I have. I am so humbled by how many of you uh, take my advice, how many of you send me wonderful emails and comments just saying how your business or your social following or your email list has grown as a result of us working together. That is so awesome. 
But I also want you to know that I do not take any of that for granted. I don't feel like I'm even prepared to be a social media influencer because like I said, being an influencer has never been and will never be my goal. That aside, I am super excited to announce that I have had a brand reach out to me and I've had several reach out to me lately and I have just said no, 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 because I don't want to promote anything from another company that would not be a good fit for you guys because I'm not just like a megaphone that's going to be spitting out ads for people. But this particular company contacted me and I realized they were going to be a really good fit for you guys. So I've got some collaborations in the works with them and I'm super excited about it. But basically in a nutshell, if you are looking for an easy way to grow your mailing list and you want to use like an online quiz format, so you could do like, you know, what is your interior design style? And then people would fill out the quiz and then before they get the results, they have to put in their email address and that's how you get them on your mailing list. That is the kind of company that I am working with. It's super affordable for you guys. It's very slick, very professional. I am thrilled to be working with them on an ongoing basis and I will be releasing either an episode or a YouTube tutorial for you guys about this. But this is where I'm at in year four of my business. Now just think how drastically different that was to year one. In year one, I was just having a hard time putting a price on my services and I was having a hard time finding the right clients for my business. And now in year four, I'm in a completely different place and I am thankful, I am grateful for this because yeah, it's hard work, but it was also a result of being blessed and of using the skill sets that God gave me in the way that he wanted me to use them. So if you are wondering if your business will ever reach a point where you can be like, okay, I'm proud of what I've accomplished so far and I have a plan and goals set for the future, just know that will happen. It will. But you're going to have to be strategic. So if you haven't worked with a business coach yet, I suggest that you hire one. I will definitely link my business coach in the resource section for this episode and you can go check her out and make a decision on what's best for your business, but I want you to know that you are worth investing in. You need to invest in yourself if you want your business to grow. All right, guys, that is the end of my super long episode on the four things that I have learned in four years in business. And honestly, there are four overarching things to each year, but a lot of little things within each year too. So let me just recap it quick. In year one, I felt like I was underqualified and I felt like I couldn't charge what I was worth. Plus, I took any client I could get. Then, in year two, I realized who I did and didn't love working with and I made a decision to niche down my business accordingly. In year three, I realized that I should invest in myself for the benefit of my business. And then in year four, I realized that I have to be authentic and transparent with you guys because the only way I'm going to hold your attention is if I earn it and if I become someone who is worthy of your respect and worthy of your trust. I don't expect or demand any of it. And if I want any of it, I have to earn it. And I want you guys to walk away with that in mind. If you want more attention on social media, if you want more people to join your mailing list, if you want more people to call you or at least visit your website, make sure that you are worthy of their attention 
because people don't owe you anything. You guys don't owe me anything. I am here to serve you just like you are here to serve your clients. All right, guys, thank you for listening. If you have any questions about this episode or if you would like to suggest a topic for upcoming episodes, head over to my Facebook group, Marketing for Home Pros, or you can go to my website, katethesocialite.com. Thanks for listening to The Kate Show. Please hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a business bestie who needs to grow her interior design or home staging firm. To inquire about our products and services, please visit us at katethesocialite.com. Until next time, keep your marketing simple and your message clear.